On Personally Speaking this week, our guest is Michael Oberholzer, a great actor now nominated for a Tony Award. Stay with us. Welcome to Personally Speaking. I'm your host, Monsignor Jim Lasanti, and Tony-nominated actor Michael Oberholzer joins me now. Michael plays Sean Mungit in Broadway's critically acclaimed revival of Take Me Out, which earned him a Tony nomination for Best Featured Actor in a Play. His other Broadway and off-Broadway credits include Hand to God, The Babylon Line, and The Talls. Michael has appeared on film and television in Amazon's Sneaky Pete and Good Girls Revolt, the Americans, Forever, and Law and Order. He's here with us today to talk about his life, his career, his family, and the values that matter the most to him. Joining me now, I'm so pleased to welcome to Personally Speaking, the great actor, Michael Oberholzer. Thanks for doing this show. Um, for our listeners and viewers, I've had the privilege twice of seeing uh, Michael on Broadway, once in a play called Hand to God, he's amazing, and then right now in Take Me Out, for which he's been nominated for a Tony. Uh, you're a great guy, but you're also an amazingly talented actor, and I appreciate so much your coming on our program. Thank you for that, Michael. Thank you for having me. Michael, you know, in other interviews I've read, uh, you have very kind words to say about uh, the folks who raised you. So I'm always intrigued by family of origin. When you look back at your parents and raising you, what did they do right? Well, um, <clears throat> they did a lot of things right, I guess. I mean, um, nobody's really ever asked me that before. Uh, mm, it's a great question. I mean, I think the, the main thing is, is that they just... Um, well, you know, they, they gave me a foundation in faith. Mm -hmm. You know, you're a Monsignor, right? So, sure. Um, you know, I was raised in Missouri Synod Lutheran, and I, I went to Catholic high school. Um, oh, did you? Yeah? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bishop Lewis, uh, okay. Fort Wayne Diocese. Um, okay. And, uh, you know, that was very important to them. I was confirmed in the church, and mm -hmm. so a lot of the values and stuff uh, were kind of instilled um, at an early age about what's right and wrong and all of that stuff. But I think ultimately they just, they knew I was kind of my own person in a lot of ways. And I was always going to just kind of do what I was going to do. There were problems over time, as you can imagine. Right. Um, but uh, I think, you know, my parents just knew that I was on some type of a trajectory that I wasn't really going to let anybody interfere with. And, they didn't have any experience in this line of work. Um, I didn't mm -hmm. come from the showbiz family. Uh, there's no other actors or performers or artists per se in my family. Yeah. And to their credit, I think they just recognized that um, in this arena, they were limited and they just kind of were supportive. And, uh, you know, I don't think any mother has prayed more for a son <laughs> than my mother has. So I know for a fact that that plays a big part of it. Yeah, uh, it's a long-winded answer, but I, I think those no, are some no, things. it's it's great. I, I love that. You also said, which is interesting, that uh, one of the gifts that your father uh, has brought into your life was a great capacity for being a listener. And I was reminded many years ago, Paul Schofield was an actor who starred in uh, A Man for All Seasons, the film, and 
a long time ago when I had talked to him, he had said of all the gifts he had that he brings to his work, nothing's more important than listening. But I was wondering, Michael, when you're on a, a stage seven and eight times a week, uh, I know it's important to, to get what the other actor is saying to you and how they're saying it to you, but do you listen attentively to other actors on stage or do you go on automatic pilot? No, 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 that's, that is, that's kind of, um, that's the, probably for the layman, that's, that's probably the, the best way to, um, the most efficient way to kind of be on the tightrope, which is live performance. It's, it's taking the attention off of yourself and your ideas and your choices and, and really putting that attention on who you're on stage with and allowing what they are saying in that moment that night to to hit you and land on you for the very first time Mm. right that's kind of part of the magic of theater it's you know yes it's rehearsed and yes we have shapes uh to these scenes and to the overarching play um but we always want to leave room for things to happen and surprises Mm -hmm. to happen and um and and that's 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 magic, you know. Yeah, and that's yeah. I think what a lot of us continually are looking for while we're working. You know, those moments. I think for me in particular, I I try to give myself the mental space of we're we're always rehearsing. Now we're just rehearsing for in front of people, and we're. I think for me, if I can kind of maintain that, um, I don't make it as precious. And if I don't make it as precious, then I become more fearless mm-hmm. in a way. Michael is, uh, for those of us who know him for a while, was, as I mentioned, starring in a play called Hand to God. And I hadn't realized, Michael, until I was reading up on you that I saw that seven years ago. And I know you, yeah. you've worked, you know, in different jobs between that Broadway show and this Broadway show. But it reminded me, years ago, we had Matt Bogart on, and he had had a great deal of success in Miss Saigon. But he, he said, he admitted during the interview, he said, you know, but... Uh, work has not been steady, he said. Now I've got kids and a wife, and he said, I'm thinking of moving out of the business. And he, he happily, right after that interview, uh, got hooked up with Jersey Boys, and he found work, and he's been working ever since. But in those seven years, when it, the jobs aren't coming, what do you do, Michael, with downtime? Well, it's a loaded question. I mean, there's a lot of things. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm raising children, so that's a big part of it. Right, um, sure. Yeah. So, you know, I have young children and, and, and my wife works. And so uh, uh, the better part of that was really just, you know, being a, a house mom, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, you know, just getting them up and raising them child, <laughs> right, right. you know, um, you know, I did take some side jobs um, in between. Sure. Um, I was able to book some TV work, but you know, it's, mm. yeah, it's, it's kind of touch and go. And um it's humbling, really. I mean, it's, it's a, you know, they, there's this saying in the NFL, you know, um, you either, it's like, if you, uh, if you're not humble, you will be humbled. Yeah. And I think that that's very true in, in show business, um, in, in a lot of ways, at least that's been my experience, you know, um, a lot of us come from, from small ponds and, yeah. and, you know, talent is just a given, I think, uh, for, for, when, when you make it to New York, I mean, you, you have talent, a lot of people, there's a lot of talent out there, but show business will find a way to humble you. Yeah. And it's not a necessarily a bad thing, but um, it's inevitable, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so, 
Yeah, um, and then just a whole slew of other things. But those are that's the main. That was the main. The main job. Yeah. A couple of times, Michael, we've had the wonderful actor Matt Doyle on, and he was honest enough to share with us that he's grappled over his life with uh, depression. And then we moved into talking about, uh, you know, you're perfect for a job you go out for, but you don't get it. How do you deal with rejection and uh, you're not the one that they choose? Do you have any kind of means or, or way of, of saying, I'll go in, I want this part, I, I think I'm good for it. But if, if I don't get it, I, I can cope by, by, what do you do, Michael, to cope with, with disappointments? Um, I think for me, you know, it's, it's changed over time. I think in the beginning, I think it's been very common, too, with young actors, um, you know, young, younger in the business and also younger in age. Uh, that are not quote unquote show business kids is that you you have so much energy and you have so much passion and and and, and ambition um, that you and, you know but there's also this desperation right and you I think a lot of us walk into rooms we we meet people with this kind of this garment of, of uh, you know of that underneath everything right um, and I think over time you know you just I've certainly had to become more um, okay with this fact that it's like, oh, listen, I'm enough, right? Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. and, you know, and look, when I've gone out for jobs and I haven't gotten jobs, which there's certainly been many, I mean, that's really the career is all the jobs that you just don't get. Yeah. Um, and, and, the, and the times that I go and I see, I watch the film or I watch the TV show or I see the play and, you know, that's the person that they put in there. Um, it usually falls into two categories. One, it's that they needed somebody that was just had more notoriety, that was more famous, that needed, you know, they want they wanted somebody who just had a little bit more kind of visibility out in the world, which is mm -hmm. part of show business. And then the other part is usually just, well, that's just somebody that was that just did something completely different than I would have done anyway. You know, that's what they wanted. If I if I had that role, I would have never done that. Right. That's not right. how I understood that role. That's not, you know. So, you know, in, in that in that aspect, um, that you can find peace, I think, with that because it's like, well, that's just how it happens. Every so often, you get a job and you think you see a guy and you're like, God, that guy looks a lot like me, and um, he's doing something that I do, but I think I do it better. Right, um, right. And those are the <laughs> ones that you can kind of lose sleep over. Yeah. But um, there's just there's just too much. Um, right, right. There's just too much other stuff that's going on. Michael, you know, uh, as a pastor of a parish on Long Island, every week you get up and you preach a homily, and uh, nine out of ten people can tell you, that, you know, they loved it. That one guy who says, nah, didn't care for what you had to say today is going to stick with me all day." Um, when you put yourself out there as a public figure, as an actor inevitably uh, critics are out there they're going to say what they're going to say how well do you handle criticism not very well okay <laughs> you know <laughs> i mean I, you know i'm it is, it's, i'm not unique in this sense um i'm not i'm certainly not immune to it yeah. um but like other things in my life i mean i really it's something that i've had to just make a decision that i i don't pay attention Mm -hmm. to it because you have to pay attention you, you know you have to pay attention to all of it in, in some degrees you know the truth lies in between all of it in somewhere you know and and um yeah i mean i'm human and and it's it's uh 
Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not immune from negative feedback. And also, you know, getting positive feedback sometimes can also be um, detrimental to your growth and, and to your hubris and to your, your spiritual condition, your, mm-hmm. your personal relationships, right? You start believing these amazing things that people you don't know say about you. Um, mm-hmm. That can be problematic in and of itself. Let me just make make it known that that's never really been the case in my circumstance. I don't have large amounts of people saying wonderful things about me <laughs> in general. Um, but uh, you can imagine, uh, even when it's a small number, that that can become intoxicating. Um, yeah. And so I just try not to. I just try, you know. And in it, invariably, it, it, people will always. You always find something people who care about you people that you know it, it just finds its way oh that piece or oh they said this and it's it's nearly impossible in this day and age to you know to not get this information that's that's kind of buzzing out there but i i certainly don't go out looking for it right you know you mentioned early in the interview uh, things that you admired about your folks um, and you now, as you mentioned before, are very much part of a family of your own, you know, with a, a, a wonderful wife and two kids. But here's what I'm wondering about. In the indefinite world of, of acting, uh, sometimes you work, sometimes you don't. There can be long spaces where you, you don't. I would think, um, not encouraging this, but I, I would think that there must be some actors out there who say, you know, I can't take the risk of having a, a wife and children in this indefinite career of mine. But you did. You you had some kind of faith in the woman you chose and and in the life you guys shared together to say, well, I want to be an actor, no doubt about it. But I, I also want uh, to be in love with someone and get married and to have children. Uh, what went into the decision to say, uh, yeah, it may be an indefinite life, but uh, I, I want both the stability of family life and this thing called acting? Well, all right. I try to keep. I try to make this as concise of an answer. It's, it's actually kind of a. It's kind of a long. It's kind of a complicated, uh, you know, algorithm of of the mathematics and the arithmetic. But, you know, I I, I wasn't looking for a family. You know, I, I came out here to do this. This has always been this thing that has been the most pronounced and, and loudest. You know, voice. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, direction. It's like, you know, and so when I met my, my, my now wife, you know, she understood that she knew that to, to whatever extent, you know, that was to be debated. But, you know, I had never really, I've never deviated from that since I've, I've been with her. Um, and so a lot of it is, was her decision in a lot of mm. ways. And, and, you know, and, and I give her a lot of credit for that because I think if it was up to me, hmm. you know, I would keep postponing some of these other life events until as you have put it you know things fall into place until there's more job security until that number in the bank account is Mm -hmm. sufficient which is never really the case Um, and so you know my wife is i I give her a lot of credit you know she has um you know she held my foot to the fire about you know taking our relationship to the next level and she wanted to have children and she knew you know what you know, and we had had ebbs and flows already before we had children. Mm. We also have uh, a good support system. You know, we have her side of the family. We have my family. My family's not in New York, but they're very supportive. All of those things help. Um, and, um, and I'm grateful. I'm actually yeah. very grateful that uh, my life has kind of played out in this way, despite my best efforts to not have it go this way, because I've learned so much. Mm. And... Um, because this business is so difficult, because it's so challenging, having a family, having 
um, other things to prioritize and think about and care about um, really has been a great panacea to the uncertainty which is show business. I, I heard Frank Langella, uh, I know there's some controversy around him right now, but he's a phenomenal actor. Yeah. And he was saying in an interview, he's, he tells young actors, you know, if you want to be a great actor, go and complicate your life. You know, go go fall in love. Go have children. Go, you know, go, you know, go. Just go complicate your life because all the great characters that we put on stage are complicated. And uh, I just thought that, that was really, really wonderful. Um, I've certainly learned more about powerlessness, uh, about love, about grief, um, mm. frustration, being in a committed relationship, and being a father than I think I ever would have. Yeah. workshopping plays you know without them if that if that makes sense so that's a, that's kind yes. of the, the most concise of an answer i can give to that question no she must be quite a lady to have made that choice knowing what she was getting into as well but uh if if uh, either of the two kids came to you someday and said uh, that i want to go into a life in the arts you'd be okay with that I'd like to think that I would be supportive. I think mm -hmm. I, I would like to think that you know I'm, I'm trying to uh, bring my children. I mean, they're very young, but they came yeah. to the theater uh, last week on Sunday, huh? and they, you know, they saw they saw Daddy signing autographs, and we were able to go on the stage and see the dressing room, and right. you know, I mean, my interest in this profession has, you know, has evolved over many many years. You see, when I first started out, when I was my son's age, I was very much like him in the sense that it was like all the attention was, was like, oh, wow, this is incredible. Um, and, uh, but over time, you know, that, that changes and, and you start to get locked into more um, deeper meanings of why this? Mm -hmm. Why do we have to tell stories? Why do I feel compelled to illuminate the human condition as best I can? Mm -hmm. um, why do I put myself in this situation where I am I deal, dealing with financial insecurity and, and you know, so you have to kind of deepen that uh, over time. And it's very, very challenging when you don't have sustained work because you feel as though the universe is constantly giving you an off ramp. You know, they're, they're telling you, you know, you, it's, it's easy to go, okay, this is, this, this is the universe telling me you got to go. It's time, you know. And so you have to figure out how to, like, navigate that internal monologue. Michael, I want to ask you a question that I had actually put uh, some time ago to Derek Jeter, the wonderful baseball star. I said, Derek, every kid in America wants to be a great baseball player and to have success and popularity and be rich and, and all those gifts that you have as, as America's uh, beloved baseball player. Yeah. Why would God choose you, though, Derek, of all the people to give it to? And he said, I don't know, but I'm not going to ask him. I don't want him to change his mind. In the same way, when I look at you on stage and I realize the massive amount of talent you've got, do you have any idea why when God created you, he gave you these particular gifts and how he wanted you to use them? Um, no. Mm. Um, yes and no. Okay. Yes and no. You know, wanting to be an actor, it was one of my biggest secrets. You understand? Mm -hmm. You know, I people saw me, you know, and, and people thought I was funny and quote-unquote talented and... Um, and I didn't necessarily know I like I wanted to be a professional actor my entire life, but it's where I found the most joy and and that type of problem solving 
was something that just I really like to wrap my head around. And I like being in communion with people the way that we are in the theater. And so any opportunity I had to be creative and be useful in, in telling other people's stories, I always gravitated that way. Mm-hmm. In, in terms of talent, though, I mean, as I get older, like I said a little bit earlier, you know, talent is everywhere. Mm-hmm. There is so much talent out in the world. Um, it's, it's not just about talent. You know, it's, it's, I don't know how talented I really am. I think I have a, a pension more for um, endurance, quite mm. frankly, <laughs> you know, and, and thick headedness and stubbornness. Yeah. I, think, I think those are probably more of the, the more pronounced character features that I have. And then maybe talent kind of lines up with that. But, you know, you, you know, and even James Baldwin talks about that, you know, mm. like, it, it is. It's about it's about endurance um, and um, and attrition, right? It's about holding on sometimes. And uh, I'll tell you this though. You know, years ago, I, I started. I, I had this feeling like when people would, you know, quote unquote, jump ship. You know, I was internally, I was very critical. I said, "Ah, the quitters, no blah blah blah." But as I've gotten older, I don't feel that way anymore. I understand full well that um, that that's not about. It's not about failure. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Finding something else and going in a different direction has nothing to do with success or failure in, in this profession. It's yeah. a personal decision, and um, and I realize like how close we all are to yeah. to that decision in a lot of ways. Um, and so it's very it's it's it is nice. It's it's um it's a wonderful moment that I get to be in right now to be a part of this this mm-hmm. moment in Broadway coming back after the pandemic that first season. You know, out of the you know having theater goers like just hungry and ready to see theater and to be telling a story that is so relevant in so many ways and is probing a lot of these questions that are in the zeitgeist, and then to have an opportunity personally to play a role that is asking and demanding so much of me creatively is something I've been looking for for since I since I was started off on this path. Yeah. So, um, it's very special, and I'm very, very grateful for this moment in time, yeah. and I'm just taking it all in. Okay. Michael, you know, a hundred years ago, one of the first interviews I ever did, and he became a good friend, was the film director, Frank Capra, It's a Wonderful Life, yeah. all those movies. But he used to say all the time that uh, he didn't think physical illness was as, as great a burden for most people as the burden of discouragement, that when life overwhelms us and we lose hope. Um, both as an actor and as an American, in light of what you projected from the stage and in your own personal life, are you a guy of hope? Are you a guy who gets discouraged yes. about the state of our world, or, or you don't you don't get discouraged? You have hope. No, I am I am very discouraged, but I and I have hope. Okay, tell yeah. us about that. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, it's it's. Um, I think along the lines of what we're talking about, I think there is a spiritual sickness that we are, we have kind of inflicted, uh, generally speaking, in our mm-hmm. in our society. I think how we got there and, you know, who's at fault and all of those things, quote unquote, um, that's what people are warring over, you know, and what's the best way forward. We can't seem to come to a consensus, but I think that there is a, a, a spiritual sickness that we are we are not dealing with, quite frankly, 
which I think is which is the uh, the discouraging part. Yeah. Um, especially since there's this new culture of self help, right? Mm. That's just and it's becoming big business. Yes. Right. Um, like everything else. Um, so, but yes, I am absolutely hopeful. I mean, I am hopeful in the human spirit. I mean, look, we created this, you know, so we can fix this. Mm -hmm. We must believe that we can fix this. Um, but to what lengths are we willing to go? And, um, you know, how, how can we be of service? You know, as Christ says it, right, to the least among us, right? <laughs> we've, we've, we've got to be able to start thinking about those, the least among us, and and caring and thinking about our interest as a country mm. um, that's intertwined. My personal interest and my growth and my success is tied to, to your upward mobility and to your success and to your, you know, and we don't think like that. And I think that that is a, that's, so, there's something about that that's also inherently American that we have to work, you know, we have to work against. Um, pe- people would probably hear that and say, ah, oh, he's a communist. You know, he's a <laughs> communist. He's a socialist. That's not what I'm saying. That's not what right, I'm saying. Right, right. Um, but yeah, I think a lot of these problems, we just don't see the fact that, that we, are, we are connected this gun mm. violence thing, it's easy to, to to see yourself separated from that or from this 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 underpinnings, these swells that are happening within the, the black and brown communities. Mm-hmm. I think it's very easy to to say that's their problem. It, it doesn't it, whatever they they got to figure that out. It's <laughs> not, we don't understand that their success and their um, is, can, is directly connected to us, all of us. Yeah. We've got to figure out a way to bridge that, and it's very, very difficult right now. You know, it's it's but you're not willing to give up, and I like that you're still a man of hope. I want to thank uh, Michael Overholzer for being with us. He's an extraordinary actor, as I mentioned throughout this interview. But I love that today he talked about uh, what it is to come from a particular family who. Uh, helped him to form and shape values at last, what it is to take on the responsibility of being both husband and dad and hoping for good things from that experience, uh, and also to tell the truth by using the, the, the acting talent that he has to tell the truth that we may or may not want to hear, uh, and, and, and to be, through all the discouragement of our lives and our country, a man of infinite hope. Michael, you're a joy to have on the program. Thank you so much. and. Uh, Uh, It's a privilege. It's a real privilege to have you. Thank you. The pleasure was mine. Thank you, Monsignor. It was nice to talk with you. Thank you for being with us on our program. If you want to reach me for any reason, I'm at personallyspeakingpodcast at gmail.com. You can also get past episodes of Personally Speaking or even current ones by going to YouTube and searching under Personally Speaking with Monsignor Jim Losanti. Please, if you would, hit like and subscribe. I'd also like to remind you that Personally Speaking is on Facebook at Personally Speaking with Monsignor Jim Santi. We're also now on Instagram at Personally Speaking Podcast. Please share and let others know about Personally Speaking. I'm privileged to serve as host and executive producer of Personally Speaking. Our producer is Lisa Jandovitz. Thanks so much for being with us. We'll see you next time again on Personally Speaking.